Welcome to the podcast for Centerpoint Church. Located in the heart of Concord, New Hampshire, Centerpoint is all about living and sharing a life-changing relationship with Jesus. The message today is a part of that journey, and we are glad to have you join us. Morning. Come on, friends. We're here. We're ready to go. Turn to somebody next to you and say, man, I can't wait for this. Turn to the person on the other side of you and say, man, I love bald people. I love bald people. Hey, you know, I'm going to break the fourth wall here for a minute. Some of you may know what that means, but it's a, it's a, it's one of those things that we talk about in terms of uh, when people are acting on stage back in the day, there was, there was a way of breaking the fourth wall where they, where you, you stop one wall, two walls, three walls, and you break the fourth wall and you sort of get to a moment where you break the wall and you just kind of let people know, hey, what's going on? And And I want you to know that when you think about a message and you think about how you're going to communicate a message, there's there's obviously scripture that's a part of it. But then you you think and you process, how am I going to deliver this? How is is this going to get out there? And I'm going to just tell you right now, my goal today is to give you a thought to ponder. I'm going to give you a thought to ponder. So you, you should be in your mind, just be ready for this thought that I'm going to lay on you so you can just ponder that for a minute, all right? That's just my breaking the fourth wall to let you know where we're going right off the bat. Let me go ahead and pray for us, and we're going to get off to the races. Are you guys ready? Lord God in heaven, we love you. We seek your face. Be with us this morning. Communicate with us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. This last weekend, my wife turned 50 years old. I got permission to say that. Yeah. And let me tell you what, it's a fabulous 50, if you know what I mean, right? I mean, I want you to meet my wife. You meet my wife, you think better of me, right? I was interviewing this guy who's across the country one time. And as I was interviewing him for a position at at our organization, he says, hey, Nate, I know something about you. I said, what do you know? He says, well, I looked on your Facebook and I looked at you and I looked at your wife and I realized you're a good salesman. (laughs) No surprise, he did not get the job. But all that to say is, you know, we were sitting there in Boston. She loves to go to Boston and we go to Boston and uh, went to her favorite restaurant down there. We're walking through there and you've been in Boston down Faneuil Hall in that area. There's there's just some things that strike you about that space, the history of Boston, all the things that have happened there. There's, just, there's a monument for the Holocaust. I don't know if you've ever been down there and you've seen the names written down and you think of the impact of what has happened, the legacy of that and just the difficulties. That, and you go even around Faneuil Hall and they have all these statues and these, these quotes from famous people and names connected. And I remember actually the first time uh, I went to Boston. I was walking right around Government Center. And as I'm walking around there over to what would be like the southern part of the Government Center, there's a building you're walking around. And all of a sudden, on this wall, I saw this plaque. <clears throat> and on this plaque, it's just a really small plaque. It's probably about this big. And it says, this is the shoe store where D.L. Moody used to work. And I don't know, for some of you may not know who D.L. Moody is, but I've studied, you know, uh, what God has done in this nation and, who, and the people he's used. And D.L. Moody's a significant name. 
This is a guy who really back, you know, 100 years ago, give or take, is in this space. And he's a guy where, he's a guy that lived in the physical realm just like us. Lived in the physical realm. But had, had a sense that there's something bigger than the physical realm. There's a spiritual realm. And, and he was proclaiming the spiritual realm. And, and lives were transformed and changed. And it happened right there in that little Boston space. There's his name. The people walk by all day and they don't, they don't understand what they're walking by. It was a moment in history where the physical world and the spiritual world collided. Do this for me. Take your left hand, put it up in the air. The physical world and the spiritual world. Okay, let's try and get a little rhythm here. I'm not going to get the effect that I want unless you do it just right with me here. The spiritual world and the physical world, we're getting better. <laughs> Collide. And let me tell you something. You are a physical human being. You live in a physical world, but that is not the only existence. There is a... There is a spiritual realm, a spiritual thing that is happening. There is a spiritual thing happening inside of us. God is calling each of us into a journey. God is calling us to live in his kingdom, to build his kingdom in the spiritual world. And when the spiritual world and the physical world collide, are you ready? Something happens. We're going to read a story today where this happened very acutely. We're in the book of Acts talking about beautiful feet. As the gospel starts spreading, as the gospel starts spreading, things happen. And I don't know what God's calling you to in your life, in your existence, in your physical realm, but I know this for a fact, that he is not just calling you to live in the physical realm. He's calling you to live in the spiritual realm, in the physical realm, and bring those together And I think the question that kind of boils in my mind, the question is, are we living lives of eternal consequence? Are we living lives of eternal consequence? I love questions. It's my favorite punctuation. Questions are powerful. If you make a statement with a period, you're saying something, and it just kind of goes there. If you say something with an exclamation point, it's just basically a period with a, a little bit of bounce to it. But if you ask a question, I can put a question. You know what happens with a question? A question sits in the ether of your mind, and it nags at you. A question nags at you because a question demands an answer. I remember this years ago. I heard this from somewhere. I picked this up somewhere like decades ago. But somebody said to me, Nate, <clears throat> accusations harden the will, but questions convict the conscience. That's powerful. I love questions. Are we are we living a life 
with eternal consequence. We're going to read a story today in Acts 19 where the spiritual realm, are you ready? And the physical realm collide. <clears throat> and it's an unbelievable story. I remember to this day, the first time I read this story, and it just riveted me. Let's read it together in Acts 19. Acts 19, verse 11. The message of the gospel has been getting out. It's out there. And here's what it says in verse 11. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. So that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick and their diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them. Think about that for just one moment. Paul, the apostle, is so filled with the power of the spirit that pieces of cloth would brush on him and people would grab him as they fell to the ground and they would take him to their loved ones who were sick. Or they would take them to the people who had evil spirits and they would take them to that spot. And then those people would, it, it, it doesn't even make sense. That this physical cloth or this apron would go to this person, that person would be healed because they touched a cloth. It doesn't make sense, but the spiritual world and the physical realm were colliding in a tremendous way here. And people, people's lives were getting transformed from the inside out, but also physically restored. Verse 13, then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists overtook, undertook to invoke the name of Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches, whom Paul proclaims. So these itinerant Jews are these people who are now, there's now people who have seen the effect that Paul is having and they're saying, I want a piece of the action. This is, this is normative human behavior. It's called copycatting. That's what it is. It's copycatting. It's like, I'm going to copycat. And honestly, it happens to this day and age. Even in church world. These churches that go and they copycat a false gospel. And people come to them. And they give them money. These guys were in it for their living. These itinerant Jews were going. Can I just say, charlatans. Charlatans. People with evil self-intent going. And they're saying, they're, they're saying, listen. Listen. We invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over these spirits saying, I adjure you. By these seven sons, notice the number, seven. It's the number of scripture. Seven sons of the Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. And now we're going to see the spiritual world and the physical world collide as these guys are attempting to do exactly what is just described. Here it is in verse 15. But the evil spirit answered them. Woo! Woo! 
wake up. Just imagine, you're these people. I adjure you to get out by the name of the Lord Jesus whom Paul preaches. And all of a sudden, there's a response. <laughs> that ought to make your, head stand, your hair stand up on your head. He says, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize. But who are you? Whoa. And the man in whom was the evil spirit leapt upon them. Who's them? Seven sons of Sceva. Seven. Leapt upon them, mastered all of the seven, and overpowered them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Now, there's two parts of the story. There's sort of the funny part and like the holy cow part. Like the wow. That's crazy part. The crazy part, which is unnerving, is that this spirit said, you want a piece of this? I'm going to bring a beat down. And he gave beat down. And these guys left wounded and naked. They ran out of the house. I mean, imagine if you're walking there with your family, and all of a sudden you see seven dudes running outside of a house wounded and naked. They're running out like a, like a bat out of you know where, and they're just getting out of that house naked. And it's like, whoa. You're sitting there with your family. What are you doing? You're covering eyeballs, right? With your family? It's like, <laughs> I know it sounds funny, but in my mind, when I read the story the first time, I'm like, you know, like I would cover the eyeballs of, the, of my children and my wife. And What's that? But there's a very significant part of this that also these guys just took off running wounded and naked because an evil beatdown came down of let's read the rest of the story here verse 17 it says and this became known yeah no kidding you think that story traveled <laughs> that that story traveled like wildfire and this became known to all the residents of Ephesus both Jews and Greeks and fear fell upon all of them yeah and the name <clears throat> The Lord Jesus was extolled, was exalted. The name of the Lord Jesus was put even higher. Because the separation from man was greater. Man was trying to reach up. I adjure you by Jesus. I adjure you and says, Jesus says, let me just put a little separation between us. And Jesus' name was exalted. And also many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. We better stop doing this. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and they found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. Jesus, I know. I mean, this is the evil spirit saying, Jesus, I know Jesus. 
And not only do I know him, but I know you are a charlatan. That's why he's saying it to him. Jesus, I know. Because if it was Jesus, <clears throat> I wouldn't be mouthing off. Why? We learned that in Philippians. Paul actually wrote the book of Philippians. He wrote these verses in chapter 2, starting in verse 9. And this is what it says. Therefore, God has highly exalted him, who Jesus, has highly exalted him and bestowed on him a name above every name. Okay, I know we're in New England, but that phrase, if I would have said that down south, there would have been an amen at some level. Okay, all right, all right, we're there, we're there. Has exalted him in name above every name, so that the name, so at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Amen. Amen is the first one. Hallelujah is the second one. <clears throat> okay, we'll work it here. It's all right. So at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Hallelujah. In heaven and on earth and under earth. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> All right. Clearly we need some training here. But listen, I'm making light of it, but I want you to listen to the significance of this because when I read these things, it my I just I get emotional. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name above every name. Amen. So that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, hallelujah, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Praise God. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus, I know. That's what he said. He said, the evil spirit said, Jesus, I know. And then he said a second thing. He says, Paul, I recognize. Notice it's, it's a difference. I know fully comprehend and understand. It is within my grasp to understand the entirety of that person. I am subjected by that person. I know. Paul, I recognize. Handkerchiefs, aprons, things were happening. Not because, not because of Paul, but because of Paul's surrender and submission to the name above all names that was channeling through Paul. But the next question he says is, but who are you? I love questions. I love questions. Who are you? Jesus, I know. Paul, I've heard about. I recognize. But who are you? Questions grab the mind. They demand an answer. 
As I think about this, I ponder in my mind. And there's a question that comes to mind. <clears throat> you ready? Who in hell do you think you are? Now let's just get past the fact that it sounded like I just swore there for a minute. But take on the significance of the question. Who in hell do you think you are? I remember reading this decades ago, this, 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 and I just, that question was, it haunts me. Because as human beings, we would rather live in the physical realm. The spiritual realm is a Sunday morning two-hour activity that is a part of my physical realm. I've already decided what I'm going to eat this afternoon, and I'm excited about that. I don't know if any of you like food, but I do. I've already been thinking about that. Because this is an activity, church is an activity that happens in my physical realm. But if I live in the mindset where I'm just looking at the physical realm, I'm not thinking kingdom. I'm not living in the spiritual realm. I'm not living a life of eternal consequence. Nate, who in hell do you think you are? Is your name known? Do you, do, does anybody know who you are? Are you doing something through the power of God? Are you, are you submitting yourself to the, 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 the name above all names in your life? See, I think as human beings, we want to be known. We want to be known here. I mean, walking through Boston, there's a very famous bar that comes from a sitcom, right? Right? And the sitcom is the sitcom Cheers. Who remembers the show? Right? Yeah, famous show. You want to go to a place where everybody knows your name. We love building our name up in the physical realm. I mean, it starts with simple stuff like, I, I am successful, whatever that means. I am successful. I live in the right neighborhood. People know I'm building a name. I live in the right neighborhood. I'm successful. Neighborhood. Um, my neighbors like me. I have good friends. My friends like me. Let's get even more personal. I, people love my kids. My kids are great. My family, my family, people love my family. People love my kids, people love my choice in a partner. You know, there's all these places that we build, and, it, and it's, it's, you get more apparent even in these days now, social media and everything, you know, everybody <laughs> trying to be an influencer. You know the term, influencer? Somebody who has a lot of followers on Instagram. 
I don't know if that's a life of eternal consequence. I just don't know. If building into my success, building into my neighborhood, the car that I drive, the friends that I associate with, my children, building it up so that when people see them, they go, wow, Nate's a good parent. Or looking at my wife and you going, Nate is a, Nate is a good salesman. Or looking at any component of me and you having you look at me for something that I am not. I would rather be known elsewhere. I would aspire to have a life of eternal consequence. A life that is significant because I live a life where the physical and the spiritual collide. But when there's collision, there's friction. There's noise. It's edgy. It brings fear. It brings anxiety. People burning books. I don't know where you are in your world, but I would pose that question for you today to just let it sit and simmer in your brain. I'm not going to answer the question for you because I cannot answer that question for you. I don't know you. So I leave you with that question. Are you living a life of eternal consequence? You may be here today and <clears throat> for the first time and maybe, <clears throat> maybe you were drawn in here for some reason. I, I actually feel like I know the reason if you're here, but you're drawn in here for some reason. You're looking for purpose. You're looking for hope. You're looking for something that you know cannot be found outside because you've come attuned to the fact that there is a spiritual reality, that there is potentially this life after death. And not only is there life after death, but I don't think... I can save myself. Well, my friend, you are right. You cannot save yourself. Salvation is found in Jesus Christ alone. That's what the Bible tells us. Jesus says it this way, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man shall come unto the Father except by me. And if you're here today and you're saying, man, I want to live a life of eternal consequence. After the service, come on up here. We'd love to talk with you. Answer any questions you might have. Because there is life after death. There is a spiritual realm. And you are built to have a life of consequence. Maybe you're here today and you're, you're living in the physical realm. You know the Lord. You have ascribed the name of the Lord on your heart, and you have believed in him as your Lord and Savior, and you understand that whole concept, but you, are, you have been caught, you have been caught building your name. You're realizing now there's things, you're realizing now there's things in your, in your world where you have been building your name whatever that is, the list is endless of things that we just build our name up with. And maybe you need to take a moment and you need to say, man, I need, I need prayer. 
I need prayer. I need help in this place. I just need prayer that somebody would, <clears throat> I just need prayer that somebody would pray with me and walk with me. Well, we want to walk with you. That's what we do here as church. By the way, you want to have a life of eternal consequence? Church is a great place to get involved. Help out with CP kids. Help out, be a part. Take the giftings that God placed in you and engage in the body. For those of you who are new and don't know, I actually am not the lead pastor. So if you don't like anything I'm saying, don't worry about it. We go to regular programming next week. <laughs> but I thank the elders and I thank, you know, Matt and Joe for giving me the opportunity as a, as a person who attends to get up here and share. It's part of my stewardship, my gifting to the body. Are you living the life of eternal consequence? That's a question that only you can answer. But if you would like prayer, if you would like somebody to pray with you, we would gladly pray with you. Maybe you go home and you, maybe talk about it with your spouse. Talk about it with your children. What does it mean to live a life of eternal consequence? What does it mean to live on the edge of the world that is the physical world and the spiritual world where that collide? What does it mean to live there? Comfort is found in the polarity of the physical world. We're kingdom living. is not easy living, but it's a life worth living. As you ponder, know that we'll love to come up here and pray with you. I'm just gonna pray for you as I dismiss you. Would you please bow your heads? Lord God, we love you. We worship you. Why? Because you are the name above all names. A name at which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord, God Almighty. And we exalt you here this morning. For you are the one and only God. Thank you for giving us these stories to captivate our imagination and challenge us to think what you might be calling us to. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed. Take a little bit to stop and reflect on what God might be saying to you and how you'll respond to him today. Wherever you are on your journey of faith, we are here to serve you. Find us at centerpointnh.org and join us on the journey of living and sharing a life-changing relationship with Jesus.